Um, we'll do beers, uh, PWHL recap, and then either ad break or jump into um, Bruins. And then after that, we can do some trade deadline stuff. Drew, you wanted to yeah. talk through a little? Yeah, I'll a couple trade deadline questions. All right. Oh, we're recording. That's nice. (laughs) This is good cold open material. Welcome, everybody. What's brewing? This is another episode of the Bruce and Bruins podcast. My name is Cam Hasbrook. It is a pleasure, as always, to be flanked, at least virtually, by my two good buddies, Drew Johnson and Chris Gearsy. I'm going to only refer to you now as Gearsy because that, that would be your hockey name. Uh, it sure would be. We're back. We're back in the new year, 2024. Do you believe that? This is technically our fourth year in existence, which is concerning, right? Weren't we 2020? I think we we're 2019. It's in our fifth year. No, we were 2020 because we did. Oh. We started right before the pandemic. I think yeah, it was like February, February 2020. Yeah. So this will be like our th- third year anniversary yeah. coming around, but we're in our fourth. Calendar. Yeah, it's all about the numbers, baby. We'll pump those up. Uh, a little resume boosting, you know. It never, never hurt anybody. Um, an exciting week for hockey. A lot going on. Obviously, the NHL uh, in the in the meat of their season. The PWHL getting underway. Also, the World Juniors. Shouts to the U.S. boys, men, whatever they are for. Uh, defeating Finland today in, in comeback fashion, advancing to the gold medal round against Sweden. Uh, that will probably have happened by the time this comes out. So hopefully we have something to celebrate next episode. We'll see. Um, we're going to start by jumping into some PWHL stuff. But first, of course, the Brewers come first, as is uh, as is only right. So um, we'll start tossing around here. Chris, I know you said you prepared something a little special for us today, post-holiday. Uh, that would that would be year. giving me too much credit, but uh, my wonderful partner Catherine uh, provided me with these uh, Belgian beer-filled chocolates. Ooh. Um, and oh boy, the I thought that this would be the perfect place to uh, indulge in at least one of them. Um, this one is a cornet oaked. Strong blonde Belgian. Um, I think the idea is you just kind of like bite the top off and then drink the beer on the inside. I like it. There you go. Like a little shot, but made out of chocolate. Yeah, there's definitely beer. <laughs> um, I think the idea here is that it's all like. There's like a sugary layer on the inside of the chocolate to keep it from leaking. Mm, so it's like how that would work. It's like really sweet. Um, I don't know. The beer's not overpowering, but there's definitely alcohol in it. I'm trying um, to think of whether that would be good with like a like a raspberry sour or like something that would kind of as like a fruit filling sort of thing. But how does it? Can you tell what kind of beer it is? Not really. Um, <laughs> <I don't> like. <laughs> I like beer. I like chocolate. I think I prefer them separately. Um, but I mean, have you ever had that, like, the chocolates filled with, like, cherry liqueur? 
and like the the like alcohol soaked cherries. Mm-hmm. This is basically the flavor you're getting here. Yeah. Not bad. Drinkability, uh, like two, because you really there's not a whole lot you can drink about it. <laughs> I feel it. you gotta eat it. Yeah, eatability. That's um, that for a new one for us. Tasteability, as far as the beer goes, probably like a five. You can taste that it is alcohol, but you know, a little behind the scenes. I've definitely had a few of these so far. Um, and I've had trouble distinguishing between the ones that aren't like some of them are like, all right, there's like a cherry beer and there's like a raspberry beer, as you mentioned. Uh, I'll I'll even I'll even dip into this one for you, Cam, because you did mention a raspberry beer. No. It's not a sour, but that's why you're my guy. Um, I like the motion of like the bite and the shot at the same time. Yeah. An athletic move. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. That's a little more my style because it is for sure. You do get the raspberry there. Um, Yeah. I like that one a lot. That one's a lot better. Tasteability. Like a 35 instead of a five. Very nice. Like I had uh, over the holidays, I had like a some kind of holiday like eggnoggy shot thing that was like in like a dark chocolate little shot glass. You like took the shot and you ate it. I imagine it's kind of a similar vibe to that. Um, although probably beer goes better with like liquor than I or sorry, I think chocolate probably goes better with liquor than it does with beer. I would imagine, but I think so. Yeah, kind of a more natural fit, but yeah, that's the, a new one for brews and brunes. I think like s- sweets in general don't mix great with beer. Yeah. I just remember like having beer floats instead of root beer floats with uh, like peanut butter chocolate stout and thinking that would be a really delicious thing. And then kind of always disappointed by that. Cause it just like, it just clashes so hard. Yeah. I don't think I can it, it makes that. the, it makes the beer taste like 10 times as bitter as it usually does. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the thought that counts, you know, <laughs> But these these work. These these do work. Um, yeah, I recommend if you're into that kind of thing. But definitely the raspberry and the cherry ones are the best. Nice, Drew. If you got anything over there, <clears throat> yeah. So sorry, I was uh, quiet there during uh, Chris's review because I had to do some research on this one. I'm currently drinking a uh, Hannaford brand ginger ale. Uh, Good ginger. Honestly, even better in some ways than Canada Dry. If you feel like Canada Dry is like too sugary, this still has the same sweetness. It's just less sugar in it. So go to Hannaford. Free advertisement for them. They do a lot of good work in Maine. Um, and probably maybe some shitty work under the wraps. We don't know. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so for Christmas, and I, I was going to save one for the pod, but then I wound up like crushing them <laughs> over, over the Christmas You know how that week. happens. So... Um, I, but it was a uh, backyard oasis IPA, a gluten-free uh, beer from Groundbreaker Brewing Company, and I had to just like go through Google of different brands of gluten-free beer until I realized like Groundbreaker, and then I was able to find the can online. Um, but yeah, very good. Uh, uh, the website says it has Mosaic, Citra, and Strata hops. So they're Strata, Strata or Strata, dude. It, whatever you're feeling at the moment hell yeah i think, I think they're both right stradanak um yeah no it, it was very very good and especially like the ipas for gluten-free beers are very hard to do um you know you see a lot more pilsners and stuff like that um 
and light beers. So it was, uh, and I'm not usually a big fan of those kind of citrusy kind of beers and IPAs, but uh, it was really good. It was really good. I highly recommend it. Anyone, anyone in needs gluten free stuff out there, give me a call. Five five five. Three eight nine seventeen. Beep 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 Because it's gonna be somebody's phone number. Is that oh, no five five five? I don't know. Uh, nice. I've got one of my favorite main beers here. An old, an oldie but a goodie. The Baxter Coastal Haze IPA. Um, just a really reliable, just super delicious IPA. Um, checking in at five point nine percent. So nothing too crazy for a. Uh, you know, for an IPA, sometimes those can get in the seven, eight, nine ranges, but um, a respectable 5.9, enough to get the job done, but enough that, you know, it's not going to take you out too quick. Uh, properly New England style hazy IPA definitely does not pass the Drew test, although you can get some light through there. Um, I like this beer a lot. It's just very versatile. It has some hoppiness to it, but I think um, maybe non-IPA fans would still be into it because it's, it's a little sweeter as well. Um, just a really delicious beer. Drinkability is going to be mm, pretty high. I don't appreciate the false advertising here, though, Cam, because you're wearing a hat that says Kolsch on it. Drinking Kolsch. Yeah, well, also shouts to Definitive Brewing Company and their awesome hats, including this Kolsch hat that I got a couple weeks ago. I, I do love a hat that just says a style of beer on no, it. No, that's what I would, because they had ones that said, like, Definitive Brewing Company that were cool, but I saw the Kolsch one, and I was like, hell yeah, that's cool. <laughs> And it's like, and they do have like their logo or whatever on like one of the sides. So there's like a little, but I like that they were like, no, we don't need to advertise up the front. Like it's just. And, and to clarify, this is also one of the styles of hat that has the, like the shoestring across the. Yeah. And it's, it's, you can't really tell, but it's the like corduroy style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's sort of thing, so that's, that's when they made hats, like, you know, they used to make hats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's elite. They're very warm for the winter, too. It's a nice, nice wintertime hat. I also have my Bissell Brothers one back there somewhere. Uh, as I drink from this Bissell Brothers cup that was definitely legally acquired from someplace <laughs> in Maine. Uh, drinkability on the Baxter is going to be a 30. Honestly, really, really impressive for an IPA. Tasteability, I'm going to go 32. Um, great beer all around. No complaints whatsoever. And uh, shouts to Izzy, who has just joined us for the pod. Yeah, she's not listening in, but she is uh, here with us, and she can speak and make noises. There you go. You want to say hi? Hi. Our audience says hi back. Just a little delayed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, An exciting night last night for the PWHL. The debut going on for the Boston franchise as well as the Minnesota franchise at the Songus Center in Lowell. Uh, Boston would lose that one 3-2 to Minnesota. I'm going to take a quick rip through what happened in case you did not get to catch it. Uh, it was a really awesome game. Minnesota's first overall pick, Taylor Heisey, opened the scoring with a quick release going top shelf on the blocker side. That was the first goal on American ice in PWHL history. Unfortunately, not for our team, but it was a snipe. Uh, of course, the first for Minnesota's franchise as well, this being their first game. Uh, side note, she was, as I mentioned, their first overall pick. I'm sure that was a really cool moment from her. She is a Minnesota native. She also played for the Gophers. So uh, awesome. Even though it was against our team to see her make an instant impact in this league. I'm sure that's going to be a, a player who's a lot of fun to watch, even as an opposing fan for a while. Minnesota went on to double the lead less than halfway into the first period. 
Um, but Boston would get one back in the second. It was Teresa Schaffzell who tucked one in. Uh, the first goal for Boston's franchise history. Uh, Schaffzell is Austrian, but she went to college at the University of Vermont. So she does have some proper New England roots. Go Catamounts. Uh, you, you, do, you do love to see. Go Catamounts. Shouts to Burlington. Just a, a beautiful place. Uh, Elena Mueller apparently scored 30 seconds into the third after a sick pass from Hillary Knight. Um, but that one, or sorry, first of all, actually, Minnesota answered right back less than a minute later after Boston's first goal to regain a two-goal lead. It was 3-1. to one. Boston yeah, thought they had brought it back into 3-2 to two after that. Worth uh, clarifying, though, before we get into Boston's almost second goal, that all three of the Minnesota goals were absolute lasers over the blocker. Yeah. Uh, there, there must be some kind of book on uh, Aaron Frankel. Uh, or I guess any goalie who's ever played hockey that, Hey, maybe just like laser one under the bar and you might score. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like, I, it was one of those things where you're like, Oh, maybe the scouting report was like shoot blocker side. And then you watched all three shots and you were like, Oh, and the scouting report was just shoot missiles. Cause apparently like, I don't <laughs> think it was, it mattered which side it was on. Um, that on that first shot from Heisey especially was incredible. Cause she, it was that old play where it's like, and it's something you see Connor Bernard do a lot where you pull it off and just the, the release, like you can't even tell they're shooting until the puck's in the back of the net. Right. Um, and it was really through, through traffic too. So, you know, mm-hmm. literally nothing Aaron Frankel could have done there. Yeah, no, 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 uh, no spite to Aaron Frankel after that one. Um, Boston thought they were going to have a, a really exciting third period. A, a, a parent goal scored 30 seconds into the third period. Uh, Hillary Knight caused a turnover, dished a sick behind the back pass. Uh, to Elena Mueller, who was wide open in the slot and fired one, what looked like in, it was a weird situation where Minnesota's goalie was like kind of falling into the net and it looked like it had gone in initially. Uh, they went up to review that one afterward, decided that the puck did not fully cross the line. So it was waved off. Uh, Megan Keller would score a power play goal for Boston with under three minutes left to make for an exciting finish. But ultimately Minnesota is able to hold on uh, and hand Boston a loss in their first ever game. Every single PDWHL team lost in their home opener. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fitting, right? Um, I guess each of the first three games, not necessarily. I I think there's still some home openers to happen. Yeah, yeah, including uh, Minnesota's. So Um, despite the loss, I was pretty happy with uh, everything in general, but especially with Boston and how they played. I think it's always exciting when you're seeing a new team to kind of try to look for keys and, and sort of ideas about what their identity is going to be. Um, Boston played a lot of that game on the front foot. They were emphasizing speed, a lot of offensive creativity. Um, looks like they're going to be a team that is is a pretty good when any team with Hillary Knight is probably going to be, um, but be a team that's going to try to really play on the front foot and and bring pressure to their opponents. Uh, really emphasize that offensive style of play, kind of like we've seen uh, from Jim Montgomery's Boston Bruins. So. Um, curious about your guys' thoughts on the game, the general atmosphere. I know our good buddy Pat was there. Um, we'll have to bring on our, our other good buddy, Oliver, the PWHL diehard soon to go through everything. But um, what were you guys' kind of initial thoughts on on finally getting to see this product on the ice after, you know, months of of talk about what, you know, might be? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I caught like, you know, chunks of the Boston game. I was working, so I kind of had it on my other laptop. It was checking in here and there. And oh, no, everything's frozen. Oh, no, it's good now technical difficulties of virgin um and then i also saw a little bit of the toronto one to kick things off against new york where new york shut them out which is great for new york fans i think in that franchise too like you think about it like in terms of 
you, you know, you're putting on this product and you're trying to gain a fan base, right? Obviously you have some carrying over, but you, you know, the, the whole point is to grow the, this side of the sport. Um, and I think that's great that New York got the four nothing shutout rather than Toronto. Cause I feel like there's going to be a more solid fan base in, in Canada, um, even though it needs to grow everywhere. And then um, you had another three, two game uh, the other night. Um, that was Montreal in Ottawa, I believe. Um, yeah, I think so. And then uh, I, I get sometimes confused cause they all have like the same, thing across the jersey and some of them have similar colors so but i can't wait for these teams to have like names and logos and stuff that's going to be probably really really fun yeah um but yeah the product on the ice has been fast paced there's been goals like which is good you you know if you had a couple like lame one nothing games or something like that you know especially early on you gotta have some offense to um you know get some excitement i suppose um in the Boston game, they, they showed a lot of fight, you know, trying to claw back. Um, and especially, it was crazy. It, I don't even know if they had had the – maybe it was the goalie was pulled, but the the whole last minute, minute and a half of that game, they were just buzzing around. The, like, I really felt like a, a tying goal was going to come. Yeah. Uh, obviously didn't, but uh, I think they got something probably like at least five, maybe six shots on goal in that last minute or so. Yeah, there was a shot in the last second. I mean, it genuinely came down to the, the final milliseconds of that one. They almost tucked one. So yeah, I was I was a little deflated when the when Boston scored the goal to get within one in the second period and then immediately gave up that goal to go back down two. And I really you know, it's one of those things as a Bruins fan, you're used to both <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're used to both things happening where like year over year, maybe they're the type of team that fights back or they're the team that kind of like lays down and it's really good to see that you know this pwhl team is is going to be uh the type of team that doesn't lay down when uh when they're down a couple of goals um for me really nice to see i i asked oliver about this when we had him on uh if like i it was a leading question because i already kind of knew the answer but um seeing lauren gable get drafted so late in the draft um the previous year mvp of the phf was kind of wondering if there was a perceived discrepancy in skill level among the you know the dream gap tour and the phf or if that was more of like an agreement among the league where like hey we're just gonna freeze them out for a while um and I see Lauren Gable on that top line um, with Alina Muller and, uh, sorry, Muller and uh, Hillary Knight. Um, so obviously, like, once it comes down to it, yeah, the talent's going to show out. And obviously, I'm a little biased because, you know, watching her for a year with the Pride and just really enjoying her game. Um, I was kind of locked in on her while she was on the ice, and I thought she looked great. Thought she fit in really well with that top line. Um, there was a lot of uh, surprise from the the announcers, like, "Oh, that was Lauren Gable there," and like, "All right, maybe maybe give her a little more respect." Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that, that's that's the number one thing I was looking out for. Um, but yeah, I mean the the big thing for me, uh, I tweeted this too, is every time I watch women's hockey, and I'm glad that tradition continues here. 
Um, you wouldn't know that checking's illegal if you just watched it. Uh, it's it's really just the like obvious body checks that are that are called because. I don't think it yeah. works if you call every everybody. <laughs> I'll be honest. I had to look up the rules and make sure that they didn't like approve body checking for this league. Cause like there were hits throughout the game. It's, I think you yeah. can't lay anybody out, but like there were people like finishing checks yeah. after, like right in front of the ref after the, you know what I mean? It's, it's not, yeah, I think it was that like, get you, like thrown out of for a year in the NBA kind of thing. I, was, I was think it was fine. <clears throat> I think it was like Sportsnet or something put together like a, a minute or so uh of just like clips of hits and like <laughs> yeah i was like dang this is this is uh you know more and more than i was expecting with you know the, that rule set so i'm glad that you know we're gonna still be able to see some of that physicality um Absolutely. which is great especially in highlight reels i love that love yeah. a good highlight reel of good hits <laughs> how can you not <laughs> it was just world. like very rewarding as a fan i feel like to to watch that and um you know obviously over the last few months and, and really since the league was announced um there's been a, a lot of discussion about what it was gonna look like and obviously the merger and a lot of hot takes there um a lot of excitement a lot of anticipation for the league a little bit of criticism as well i think you know some of which we had talked about earlier in the season um, with most like the branding and things like that. Um, but, but ultimately like what matters is the product that you're putting out on the ice. And, you know, I know we're only a game in here, but I think it's, it's pretty overwhelmingly obvious that this is, this is a success and this is a really impressive product that's out there. Um, very high level hockey, very fast paced, very physical, like Drew said. Um, so just awesome to see. And, and, you know, it's just exciting to finally get best on best. Like I was, I was, a a big supporter of the NWHL PHF. Um, but it was, you know, there was, there was always that caveat there where some of the best players in the world just weren't there. Um, and while it was still excellent hockey, it is very rewarding as a fan to finally be getting best on best um, on the women's side, which is, it's just been awesome to see. Um, also the broadcast I thought was, was great. I thought it looked really clean. I know um, YouTube probably isn't the most ideal long-term plan for everybody, but um, I did check as of today, it's up to 131,000 plus streams on that side. I think yeah. for a, a non- wasn't it on Nesson too? The it was yeah. on Nesson for yeah. I, I watched it on Nesson. Yeah. I don't, I don't get Nesson. Well, guess who does get the $30 a month for yeah. you? Nesson. Guess who does get Nesson? Uh, yeah. my parents and I uh leech off of their direct TV, yeah, so that's, that's yeah. nice, but. Um, don't I know tell direct TV. Uh, we gotta we gotta bleep all that out <laughs> that no is a, a nice change i know the, the that was something that the, the phf had some trouble with kind of bouncing around different you know they were on twitch for a little while they were kind of all over the place and um, they had espn plus as well last yeah, year later on mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which i thought was going to be great with the nhl joining also, espn yeah. plus but Turns out the NHL's ESPN Plus thing kind of spotty in terms of whether the game's going to be on there or not. Um, so I don't think people really migrated over there for their entire like hockey needs. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I like I like that all of these games are going to be accessible to to most people. And yeah, and I think especially with with obviously the league being in its infancy, that's that's the most important thing is just letting people get eyes on the product. Man. And, and, yeah. and to see again how how excellent the product is 
Um, it really was an incredible game, and I'm, I'm so stoked to watch the rest of the season. Um, I feel like we're going to get a nice a nice bounce back from Boston next game. I think they're going to be a little pissed off that they, they dropped that first one at home. So I mean, it's also a big schedule, lots of games. Yeah. Um, so this isn't going to be – I did kind of like the regimented every weekend kind of deal for the PHF, but also that was kind of like a, all right, we're doing this so you can – do this as your side job and and also like have a job during the week um mm. and i think that was like a good compromise but if this is like hey let's make this a full-time job i know the the pay is not necessarily uh public and the the league minimums are kind of iffy really should be yet, but... um so there's, there's still a lot of things to improve upon but i mean the easiest way to spur that on is for to put eyeballs on it so um obviously we're going to be promoting the heck out of it yeah as we should be so uh i do not have the schedule pulled up actually speaking of which um, it is. i have is. it right here buddy monday january 8th boston versus ottawa saturday january 13th boston versus montreal uh and then on the 17th they play toronto and then the 20th they play new york and then that's them playing every team to start it off i like how they do that Mm -hmm. do you know if that's like kind of the schedule the rest of the way or do they have you know those uh, we're gonna play these back-to-back games against them and stuff i would imagine double check on that at the very least it makes sense for each team to you know Mm-hmm. meet up one after the other and then uh february 1st they're doing like the three on three thing as well that'll be kind of cool to see so um uh, one of the other notes that i thought was was kind of cool is I, I i mean give and take i know uh minnesota is playing at the xl center but um playing on on not necessarily only NHL rinks, getting some different ice sizes is kind of neat. I think especially playing on some rinks that are a little bit bigger is going to be cool. Um, I, I don't know. I always like watching hockey and Olympic ice. I know the North American game has been kind of tightened up on the, on the men's side to kind of fit the physical style that we play here. But um, as you're seeing in the same thing with the world juniors right now, it's like when you, when you play on an open ice, it opens a lot more space up for some more speed, some more creativity. So um, will be interesting to see kind of how specific teams try to use a, kind of an extra layer of home home ice advantage there to, um, you know, build a play style that, that fits their rink. Uh, sort of like you'd see with a soccer team, for example, playing on a, a certain size pitch. So I, I think that should be in all sports. I think mm-hmm. baseball got it right. Yep. Uh, every field, like, sure, there are things that need to be the same, like the distances between certain lines and the goal needs to be the same size. But yeah, I think uh, I think ice size should be totally determined by yeah. the home team. Um, I think basketball courts should be bigger, or smaller, depending. Doesn't matter. Football there should fields, be like a minimum and a maximum. Like we can't have whatever. Fo- three football times fields. There size. should be like 140 yard fields in some places. Like yeah, a big yeah, wall I know, down I know the it's middle. It's gonna be tough the... going into Lambeau because <laughs> we're gonna have to go 150 yards to our touchdown. But yeah. That would be cool. That'd be really cool. No, Boston builds a like a big wall, like we, in the middle of the, the the ice rink. There's just a big green wall, like cornering <laughs> off a section. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's oh. do some DraftKings. Uh, do you have it up, or should I? Because there's, I have a, it there's up. a new read. So it starts January eighth. Oh, that's Monday. Yeah, for now. 
Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly this time around in bonus bets. And betting just $5 on a hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bet expires 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-878-97777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright, copyright, NHL 2023. All rights reserved. But good thing we have the express written consent of the National Hockey League to uh, to uh, ha- disseminate accounts and descriptions of uh, the, <laughs> the hockey games that we've watched. Uh, shouts to shouts to express written consent. That's <laughs> so uh, the other team in Boston, the Bruins. The Whoa. one in the title of our name. Uh, four straight wins heading into tonight's recording. They're going to drop the puck against the Penguins in just a few minutes here. Um, how are we feeling overall? I know we're getting a little close to the trade deadline, which we're going to talk in a, in a little bit. Um, but, you know, what are what are we at vibes-wise at this point in the season? I know, um, you know, obviously last season at this point, the Bruins were setting records in the, uh, with, with the regular season play at this point. Still a, a very impressive 23, 7, and 6, 52 points, 722 points percentage, uh, which does leave the NHL going into uh, this weekend. I think they also have the best goal different. Nope, just kidding. That's Vancouver um, by a lot, actually. Holy shit, Vancouver plus 46. Good Lord. Yeah, they started off wicked hot. Yeah, the Bruins are plus 26 going into tonight. Um one thing that's been impressive to me, which uh, is kind of a norm for the Bruins, but uh, home record 11-2-3 has been very solid, but the away record 12-5-3 also very good. Um, obviously, you need that to, to win a division and, and to win a conference in this league, but um, how are we feeling with uh, about half the season left to go here a little bit under? Um, Decent. I think that... Uh they kind of fumbled a bit longer than I thought they were gonna um, like early in their season, they had like a three game losing streak. And then the, through the holidays and stuff, it's been a little iffy. Obviously now there's this resurgence, which is great, but the consistency, I think I, maybe I just got so comfortable with the consistency of winning last season that I was like, ah, they'll just get out of this funk. Like it's nothing, you know, they'll just like play a little harder and you know, it'll be good. But obviously it, it, it's not that. And I mean, I don't know exactly. Like, I think they need to add something. Um, I don't know what. Don't don't ask me what, man. I don't know. But I, I, I yeah, I'm just a little, a little less confident um, than I was. I think to to start the season where what they started like thirteen and 
one and one or something like that, something crazy. So, um, yeah, um, I think they need to make some sort of move. But for now, ride ride the high wave. Hopefully, this is going to be posted tomorrow. So, um, hopefully, the listener knows what happened. Uh, hopefully, it's a good outcome. Five yeah, in a I row. Mean, so Swayman's stayed pretty consistent. He's one of the best goalies in the league. Um, reigning Vezina Trophy winner Linus Olmark went on a little bit of a slide, but um, last couple of games he's back up in the nine fifties total, I think. Um, so I, I, good, good to see him. I, I think it's important that you know you got at least one of those two guys going at all times. Um, and I think, you know, it'd be better to have both of them going. Um, but, you know, we've been begging for years for this thing called depth scoring. Um, and I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we've been getting some depth scoring. Uh, it's absolutely. Dan it Heinen, makes you wonder where it's been for Trent Frederick. Trent Frederick. Trent Frederick. Trent Frederick. Trent and Eric. And Eric. All three. They all had, yeah. It's crazy. All three recording a point. Um Morgan Geeky, he's been pretty solid. Um, yeah, I mean, Pavel Zaka just getting back from injury, uh, getting moved off center for Geeky. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out what it all looks like when when Potter's back. Um, is He's not playing tonight, right? He's playing. I don't think so. Yeah, he's, he'll be playing in the next week. Yeah, the lines just came out, so it's uh, – I mean, we don't have to go over it because this will have happened by the time people listen to it. But um, Merkulov is sticking for now. We'll see what happens when when Potter's back next game. But he's centering that fourth line of Beecher's on the left wing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see. Uh, I I do agree, Drew. I think they got to make some moves. I don't know what the big move they need to make is or if they do need to make a big move right now they're kind of coasting on the like eric halla who is morgan geeky right now like put anybody between zaka and Pasternak and see if it works and i mean it's working right now so Mm -hmm. i'm not mad about that but if you want to add somebody maybe a top six center i i don't know what it costs to get that though uh because they you're going to have to deal off your roster. So it's going to be one of those things mm-hmm. that like, uh, are you, are you willing to give up something on your current roster for something to improve a different spot? Yes. Um, and if the, <laughs> if the answer is yes, then what, who is it? Is it Jake DeBrusque? Is it, yep. <laughs> is it Matt Grizzlick? Um, um, I know Drew wrote an article about this. I, I, I don't, I, I, and in that article, I never really said what they should do. I just think like, out of everybody that I think they would realistically trade, I think DeBrusque might be the one that's most valuable just because I think there's a lot of other pieces on this team, um, especially with the tendency to, you know, trade away young players and picks. I think there's a lot of young guys that maybe, I don't know, you would consider, but right now they're like actually playing a big role, like, like, Poitra, right? Like coming into the season, maybe we're thinking like, oh yeah, we have a prospect here, pretty high quality. If we need to deal for someone, and here he is in the NHL. It's kind of just this resurgence of young players. So I think if they're gonna make a big move like that, I think DeBrusque is the player they they move. If they're gonna, you know, 
grab something in depth that's going to be some sort of you know other package hopefully not including the main roster at all but yeah if they're getting something for like the top six it's it's going to take debrusque in a little bit more i would assume they also need defensive depth i yep laura is kind of dragging down whatever rider he's he's on and no offense to that kid i think he's probably going to be pretty good someday if you move anybody off the current roster who is a young player, I'm kind of down to move him. I mm. maybe maybe I'll eat those words in a couple of years when he's a, a top pairing guy, but I think he's more of a, a middle pairing ceiling. Uh, currently, not even a bottom pairing guy that that you can rely on. Um, shouts to Kevin Shattenkirk, who's on a little bit of a heater. Uh, but man, yeah, I. I need to watch him, uh, Lorai, that is, more carefully just to see if he is improving on what I've seen. But, you know, he has he has skills that, you know, you you want in an NHL defenseman. Um, and he has certainly size that you want in an NHL defenseman. But, oh, boy, is he slow. And he makes some really bad mistakes. Um, and I don't, you know, you can be a slow defenseman in the NHL and still be good. I mean, Sedano Chara did that for many, many years. Um, but yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know if other teams are looking at him and going, all right, well, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a top six center for him and like a pick or something. I'm like, yeah, guess. Yeah. Let's do it. Maybe find some, you know, depth defenseman somewhere else for some deeper picks. Um, but you know, that's stuff to worry about a little later because it's not the trade deadline yet. Yeah, I am. I'm kind of split there because I do see where you're coming from, but also like, you know, we are judging a kid off of what 20 something NHL games at this point. Um, and probably was pulled up a little earlier than the Bruins had planned to with, with injuries and such. So, um, it is kind of a balancing act of like, how much do you want to go for it this year? And are you willing to give up a guy who isn't necessarily an A-list prospect, but does have, you know, a ceiling that that could be higher than what we're seeing now um, versus how much do you want to try to conserve for the future with, with the young core you have? Um, kind of honestly, the same question that you're going to ask with, with Matthew Potter right now, I, I know the next deadline for him, I think it's 40 games that they have to decide um, whether or not to keep him around and, and burn a full year of his contract or send him back. The only option would be to send him back to juniors at this point. He's not eligible for the AHL. Um, he's currently 10th on the team in points with 13, it looks like. Um, do you guys see a scenario where they think, you know, all right, we have enough depth at center or we're going to try to add a piece here and send him back? Or do you think, you know, he, he earned his spot on the team at this point with, uh, you know, making it out of those, this first, whatever the first deadline was seven or 10 games. I, I think he earned it. I mean, that's, we still have what 13 more games to, to evaluate that. I mean, I kind of expected him to go to the juniors and world juniors and dominate. And, you know, I didn't watch the games, but I was told it was not, as dominant a performance as we were expecting. Like this this kid just played in the NHL for a couple months should be, should be able to skate circles around these boys. But um, I don't know Uh, if he comes back and he looks sluggish, looks like the 
the long season starting to wear on him. Maybe send him back to juniors, but I don't. Th- that's not my number one option. I think if he's helping the team at all, you keep him. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. I, I think sometimes teams, especially in like baseball, with the service uh, service time stuff, like oh, they overthink it and they're letting guys kind of languish instead of develop. Uh, and at a certain point, what's what's Matt Potter going to learn in juniors? Yeah. Right. He's not going to. Yeah. No, I think it, it's exactly right. Just like he's helping the team keep him up. Also, I will just say on lower eye um, that the, the low rider, um, I just don't think they really have the depth at defensive prospects to really give them up without, you know, something bigger. So I think they'll, I think hold on to him for now, just because of that reason. Um, and you know, maybe down the line, he's got a few years, he's got all three years, I think on his mm-hmm. entry level, right. He just signed yeah. it. So, um, you got some time with that. I'd say, take the, take the season, even if he's not in the NHL, it doesn't seem like, like you said, Chris, he doesn't really seem absolutely ready. And part of that, like you said, Cam, he was rushed, but, um, yeah, don't deal him this year. I don't think Jabrusque, Debrusque. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's ideal to deal him, but like, if you're really trying to go for a top six center who else you got to deal but like debrusque no and lower yeah, no no one's giving up a top six center for debrusque and a pick debrusque and laura yeah I mean, both. although debrusque top three in the league in uh, goals against per 60 so <clears throat> you know he's a guy he's a tough one he's a, he's a tough nut to crack man that as debrusque. he has been the entire time yeah <laughs> it's been the same story with him for just, or pretty much his entire oh, career, yeah. but um, <laughs> I do I think like it's interesting the, like, the perception with Patra, like just looking at stats, Danton Heinen, player who I've been very happy with this season. I think a lot of Bruins fans would agree with that, the role he stepped into, but like one fewer point than Patra has actually. So kind of makes you, I think just the, the expectation and kind of the, um, you know, what you'd expect out of Patra as, as a, a highly touted young prospect, I think the the sort of expectations there are a little bit different, but um, I'm also noticing, which is kind of hilarious, that if you go on the Bruins stats thing on their website, it only shows David Pasternak as the only right winger that they have. It shows everybody else who plays the right wing as a center, which is kind of hilarious. Um, um, any uh, final thoughts here, trade deadline well, stuff we want to talk? Or just wanted to say one thing. I think we're gonna do maybe a more full episode to talk about the uh, All Stars. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Next next episode maybe over the weekend. Because they just they just announced the Eastern Conference ones, and then in like thirty minutes they're gonna do the Western ones. But guess who the Bruins All Star is? I'll give you one guess. I'm gonna imagine it's probably a guy named Shattenkirk. Kevin Shattenkirk. Yep. Uh, oh, John Beecher. No, no um, <laughs> it is David Boston. Yeah, of course. Brad Marchand better get the fan vote, baby. Let's do it, Team Marshy. Let's get him there. What other brew? Ah, oh, we'll save it. I was gonna say what other Bruin deserves it. Um, McAvoy. end us out here. Yeah. David Pasternak, thirty-six games, fifty points. What's his final point total to end the season, regular season? One hundred and five, eighty-eight. No, I'm gonna go one hundred eight. Eighty-eight assists, and eighty-eight 96 assists. goals. <laughs> That'd be neat. Hat tricks the rest of the way. 
All right. Thanks for joining us, as always. We did it. We did that we hockey. Done it. We done did it. We did that hockey. We'll catch you uh, maybe this weekend or early next week for the All-Star episode. Whoa, 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 whoa.